Break Fix Podcast is all about capturing the living history of people from all over the autosphere, from wrench turners and racers to artists, authors, designers, and everything in between. Our goal is to inspire a new generation of petrol heads that wonder, how did they get that job or become that person? The road to success is paved by all of us because everyone has a story. I'm Brad. Uh, with me, as always, is our, my co-host, Eric. Uh, hey. And oftentimes we say it's not about the destination. It's all about the journey. So in this episode, our inaugural episode, we're going to answer the questions, who is GTM, which uh, GTM is short for Grand Touring Motorsports, where did we come from, and where are we going? And Eric, take it away. All right. So let's start with, let's start with our mission statement, right? Just to kind of summarize who we are right off the bat. Grand Touring Motorsports is a non-traditional motorsports club started in 2014 as a social group of car enthusiasts. We've expanded into all sorts of motorsport and want to share our experiences with you. Our membership consists of a bunch of petrol heads who like to get together and have a great time. But years of racing, wrenching, and motorsports experience brings, us, brings together a top-notch collection of knowledge, stories, and information. As a whole, we serve several areas, what we call the DMV, the Northeast, our Southern states, and our mountain region. Our areas of interest revolve around high-performance driver's education, HPDE, autocross, club racing, kart racing, drag racing, off-roading, car shows, or just about anything car-related. So I'll thank uh, one of our region chiefs, Brett, for carefully repenning our mission statement two years ago. It sounds really good. But what does all that really mean at the end of the day? So this story goes back well before 2014. This is one of those golden girls moments, you know, picture it, Sicily, 1943. <laughs> <laughs> but in reality, it actually kind of goes that far back. I come from a long line of car enthusiasts, grassroots uh, mechanics, etc. My dad wanted to be a race car driver when he was a kid, told stories about standing at the fences outside of Maranello watching Nicky Lauda go around the test track, right? So it's been in the blood, being Italian, racing and soccer and Formula One, it's all, it's all a passion, right? So it gets, it's, it's passed down through the genes. But our story, right, you and I, Brad, our story starts in 1995. Yes, yes, that is correct. For the listeners out there, right, the, the, the history of GTM starts that far back, right, 25 years ago. And we just celebrated our 25th, or no, whatever it was, yeah, 20th uh, high school reunion or something like that. As it turns out, the way they did things way back then, you know, the, besides the nuns were still wrapping us on the knuckles and everything else, is they would place us in alphabetical order in class, depending on what classes you were in and what classes you were taking together. So I forget, it was like English class or something. Brad happens to be the last name directly behind mine and sat behind me in class. And I met him basically my you know first day of school. He was, you were the jock, right? You're the baseball player and all that. And I was the car nerd. But, but correction, I wasn't just the jock. And I actually never made it on any of the teams, the organized teams at school. I apparently wasn't good enough or various other reasons that I care not to get into at this time. But I was a music geek too. So That's I four years of, of band at, at DeMatha and all that good stuff. But, but anyway, yeah. So simple little correction there. I, I was a little bit of a jock, but not in high, not at the high school 
level apparently wasn't good enough. <laughs> All right, my bad. Hey, we, there were three big clicks in our school. You either you were either in an academic in the band or in sports, and I was in none of those. So you know, I was I was the kid sitting in front of you holding magazines, up, reading it, most of them in Italian too that my grandfather would bring me. I remember we kind of started talking about cars, and I think oh, I don't remember if it was my freshman year or sophomore year, and my dad dropped me off in our seventy nine eleven wide body, and then you were like. So tell me about this car. <laughs> that actually, it wasn't just one time either. It happened all the time. I don't know if you forgot your homework at home, if your, your, your dog ate it was the excuse you were giving the teachers at the time. I, I don't know. But yes, I saw this red 911 that sounded like you know a 7.0 earthquake was hitting the earth. And yes, it was a beautiful car. And I was like, who the heck is that guy? <laughs> dropping off dropping off his kids homework oh man but but you could hear that car from two miles away because it was straight piped it was like going to Le Mans or something that was, it's bonkers right but yeah so it got a lot of attention so you and I got to talking about cars and I was already a gearhead right I've been I have been going to pro solos been going to track events since I was a little little kid I mean there's pictures of my mom with me in a in a stroller at a pro solo in Harrisburg I mean it's like you know it goes that far back and like I said I come from a racing family right my dad was a pro solo uh, autocrosser he was an instructor various clubs you know SCCA the Sports Car Club of America PCA the Porsche Club of America Audi Club etc but even my mom was into it right she used to autocross my dad's cars the Scirocco's 914 stuff like that back in when there was ladies class right <laughs> way back in the 80s and stuff like that so like I said it's, it's just in the family yeah and to, to touch on the, the ladies class real quick just a little tangent a little joke that we've got going on throughout the throughout the club uh, there's a W series now also. So there's still a ladies series, you know, this isn't a new idea, you know, yeah. to, just a little shout out to some of our club members inside joke there. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back to 1982. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with that being said, right. You know, we were primarily a Volkswagen Audi Porsche family and, and very heavily in the VW side of things. We've had a VW in the family consistently since the 1960s and that goes early sixties and that goes back to my grandparents. I grew up in the back of Mark I and Mark II Scirocco's, and we never had anything stock in our house. It was kind of funny. My mom had, I, I posted pictures of it on, on Instagram not long ago. She had a full Zender kit, a pewter gray Scirocco, beautiful car. I mean, we had always the late, I want to say kind of the latest and greatest thing. My dad pre-ordered a 16 valve. We had a Corrado. I mean, all these other cars. It's, we've always been at that sort of thing. So that again, it trickled down to me, trickled down to my sister. As time progressed, we got out of, actually, I started, I started autocrossing in high school, but you started just shortly after. And, or I guess we were doing it about then, but you were also into the, the land pirate stuff. Uh, that didn't start until 2000, 2001. Okay. Uh, when I, after high school graduation, I started going to Montgomery College and met a couple kids. And that's when I started, I was always into cars. I don't know how, because nobody else in my family is or was I think my dad might have been back when he was 16 and he had an old AMC that he took to some guy's house oh boy and they, they completely destroyed it you know it can, you know the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree in that respect but anyway yeah he he was in the cars back then but he grew out of it got into pickup trucks and fishing uh, and all his money went into boats instead of uh, instead of cars and everything I don't know where I retained the the desire to have cars and become a car enthusiast and all that stuff. But 
yeah, in high school, I was in the cars. I never had any money, so I couldn't afford anything cool. We never had anything cool when I was growing up, except for uh, an 80s box Chevy Caprice uh, with the 350 motor. That car was pretty pretty legit. And then, I don't know, I, I started hanging out with these guys from college, uh, freshman year. They had cool cars. One had a, a 924S Porsche. Another guy had a, a Thunderbird Super Coupe. And he's still in the car club. He's got a couple other cool cars now. But I, in 2001, I bought my first brand new car. It was a 2001 GTI Volkswagen. We do like Volkswagens here. That's not the only cars that are part of the club. I want to <laughs> make sure that I true. specify that. But we do like the Volkswagen, the, the VAG products. So I bought that. I don't know why or how I ended up connecting with you again. Um, but I was looking for something to do with the car. And we started hanging out again, started going to, to Porsche Club autocrosses up at Fort Meade. What was the Tipton Airfield? Tipton Airfield, yeah. yeah. That was a great lot, man. It was, oh, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it lasted a couple months until 9-11 happened. Yeah, that was really important. They shut everything down, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and so 2001, just after high school, was when I started getting into the, the autocross stuff and then we kind of reconnected, kept going from there. Yeah, so by that point, if you remember, I also had a, so it's kind of backtracking a couple of years. My first car, man, I wanted a 16 valve GTI, something fierce. Like, <laughs> and, 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 to, and to credit where credit's due, we had a lot of two-door coupes, and, you know, uh, throughout our lifetime. My dad was like, no boxes on wheels, right? He just, he hated the golf for some reason. Like he just despised it. And I was always like, oh, it must be the rebel in me. It's like, he's in love with the Scirocco. I got to have a GTI, right? I got to have the opposite of what he has, regardless of the fact they're the same car underneath. But <laughs> so I ended up after all that, God, there's some stories there we can tell, but regardless, I ended up with that five cylinder Audi making noise from here to God's creation, like a, like a dragon with a dynamite up its butt. If you remember, I was going to say, so the noise definitely runs in the family. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> there are no stock cars here they're all loud <laughs> except for your except for the new chrysler that's the yeah, only stock yeah, car you have the, the spaceship yeah but uh so anyway i had that gt coupe and so i don't know i, I always dive into everything like a thousand and one percent and so i got really attached to those cars because as I, you know, we used to joke in the house it's just a fat scirocco at the end of the day right uh and it was penned by the same guy that designed the scirocco all that kind of stuff bigger motor it was a lot of it, and they were a lot of fun great best handling car of 1986 according to some poll out there but but at the time if you think about it that car was you know only 10 years old and so it was like ah it's pretty cheap you know whatever it can get it reliable five cylinder will run forever so i was on the on the on the quest you know <laughs> to make it into something and as you remember you had your gti i was autocrossing an audi but at the same token kind of in the you know i was in the comp size side of things while you were playing the saxophone or whatever and <laughs> i had gotten into web development right and early on i mean you're talking the mid to late 90s nah, there weren't a ton of people doing web development it was still like a, a blossoming thing so i had gotten involved in the local clubs i was you know doing a bunch of uh, timing and scoring software for autocrosses you know for scca and pca and stuff like that but i also got into the website of things and so i started to learn kind of from the inside what it was like to run uh, a car club at least from the digital side of the house in the early days. So that got me thinking, I'm overly obsessed with the, you know, with the GT Coupe. And I bought my very first domain, which was grandtouring.org. It was off of some random guy that was cyber squatting 
uh, with the domain. And I stood up a website called Grand Touring Audi. The deal with Grand Touring Audi was it was an online community for owners and enthusiasts worldwide. Yeah, it was mostly dudes from the UK on a bulletin board with a web, you know, kind of a wiki like thrown on top of it because I was trying to collect as much information about those cars as possible because they were so unique from year to year to year. They just kept changing them for whatever reason. I'd ran that as the, at the same time as I was running the Audi club, uh, the local Audi club website for the DC region. And then I was also picking up more, more work and more work and more work like that uh, along with everything I was doing. Ultimately I ran that for about five years and then it mer I merged it into uh, Potomac Chesapeake region of Audi club. And some of the content actually still exists on that website today, because it's just <laughs> migrated so many times and changed hands and, and things like that. And so at that point, I had focused my attention elsewhere. I was now working for Porsche National and doing their website. I did that for a bunch of years. And my dad at the same time was getting out of uh, basically a very long career in IT. He was a mainframe programmer and he wanted to go pursue his passion. And he ended up going to work for Electromotive and a bunch of other stuff. And he's, he decided that there was a space in the market to resell bag parts, right? Volkswagen Audi group parts. Back then, during that time period, ECS really wasn't what it is today, right? It wasn't as available. The internet was still doing its thing and e-commerce still wasn't there. He wanted to stand up this company to be able to do this kind of thing. He came to me and he's like, I, I need a name because I can't just go out there and say, hey, it's blah, blah, blah's company. And it's like, okay, well, how about we just, you know, despite our Scirocco versus golf conversations, we had a common uh common focus on the, the, the Audi coupes, first and second generation cars. And so I said, well, GT, Grand Touring, right? I've already, I just gave that up. Why don't we take that and just put motorsports on the end of it? So then that way it's all encompassing, right? Because you are catering to pro solo guys, you know, local autocrossers, track rats, you know, the guys that just need parts for their cars. And I believe at one point I even ended up buying some brake pads and stuff for this Audi S8 that I had. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's just, yeah, you, he had the, the grand touring Audi. He was able to hook a lot of people up with parts and everything. I don't know how he was able to get, I guess, distributor rights or whatever he had. I don't know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember either, but I, but you know, times were different then. I mean, we're talking like 15 plus years ago at this point. So yeah. getting, doing the resale side of the business, very different than it is today. I mean, you know, trying to get, <laughs> trying to get hooked up with ECS and Euro tuning and those guys today is a little bit more difficult and a little bit more challenging, at least for small guys like us. Right. Right. So fast forward a bunch of, a bunch of years. And basically what we ended up doing and kind of spawned, some of the early kind of the roots of GTM in a way is we used to do these like cart leagues and my dad would like try to organize them with me and we would have like 10, 15 plus guys come out and we would rent out like a facility or we'd go there and get all day passes and just basically take over the place. Right. And then we would, you know, because I had a timing and scoring background, I'd keep track of all that kind of stuff and we'd points and this and that. And then the top guys, we'd fly all over the country and go race and, and do that kind of thing. So we did that for a number of years and that was a lot of fun. It's a, a lot of wear and tear on my back though. As I started to do that, you know, autocross was fading in the DC area because parking lots got harder and harder to rent. Now everybody kind of does their pilgrimage to FedEx Field because it's the only lot that doesn't have telephone poles every six feet and islands and curbs and stuff. And so 
my dad started to phase away from autocross and get into deeper and deeper into road racing and teaching and all that kind of stuff. And I think it, that's around that same time when you all stopped doing the autocrosses and things, I started transitioning. I had sold the GTI. I had it for a couple of years and ended up selling it, trading it in for a, a 99 uh, Z28 Camaro. Oh boy. Um, that was to this day, it's the fastest car I've ever owned, which isn't really saying that much, but it, it, it was, it was really quick. But I did maybe one or two autocrosses with it. And by that time, autocrossing was just hard to get into if you weren't trying to do it with the SCCA, Sports Car Club of America. I was still trying to do it with Porsche Club because your dad was still somewhat involved with it. But then I just transitioned over to drag racing uh, and got out of autocross, like you're you're saying, because it started winding down. Exactly. So at the same time, my dad started getting really hyper-focused on crazy engine swaps, right? I mean, we've done some weird stuff probably one of the first people to do a twin spark 36 in a 914 we did the audi ur quattro with a 36 v8 we did an audi coupe quattro second gen with a 42 s8 motor in it like and and i'm in the process of doing i've done some swaps myself but it was he always had this focus of building like the ultimate track weapon or the ultimate autocross weapon right and it was in and he had certain go-to's I mean, the 914 was bonkers. I mean, the, the last times I drove that thing with the 3.6, it was like you looked where you needed to be and you were past that point. It, 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 ridiculous. Herculean effort to drive that car. You know, he, he got away from that car a little bit. I think it scared him. He had a couple sideways moments in it that were very difficult to control. And so he, he hooked into the whole Audi thing, went, deep, went back to his roots, right? That whole bag thing. Unfortunately, in, oh, my sister would know better than me, but in 06, 07 timeframe, he was diagnosed with uh, stage four brain cancer. So during all that, we kind of tried to finish out a lot of the projects we had going, the last one being my UR Quattro, which I actually finished after he had passed away in, in 2010. Credible build. I, I, don't, I don't want to do it again. Uh, really cool car. Big bummer, right? Because my dad was the type of guy over the years, he, he amassed so many connections, so many relationships. I mean, his funeral is incredible. You would all these guys from different car clubs came out and it looked like cars and coffee out in the parking lot. And it was, it was crazy. I mean, you, you would have thought a Senator had passed away or something. There was like, you know, 300 plus people there. It was, it was just bonkers. Right. And uh, so at any rate that, you know, that takes a toll on you. You have to figure out how to grieve, how to go through all that kind of stuff. A- about a year passed and I just was like, in a funk right and i'm just like i don't know what to do it's like racing doesn't have the same appeal anymore you know autocross is gone karting yeah whatever and finally my wife uh was like you know what you need to go do something yeah because i didn't have any projects right the project was the house or whatever and basically she kind of kicked me in the butt and said you know get out go do something and i'm like are you really sure about this in my infinite wisdom i decided it was a genius idea to take my highly modified Jetta diesel (laughs) and attempt to turn it into a, to to a diesel cup car. Yeah. It didn't, didn't really go very well, but, but. I was going to say they, they do really well when they've got, you know, factory backed mechanics and support and sponsorship and funds, which you had none of those things. Yeah. 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 And, and, really bad ideas for what the good part should be. Hmm. But, uh, I did have verified 
dyno sheets, 320 foot pounds at the front wheels. It was a hell of a motor. Uh, I will say though, it didn't last but half a season because I blew it up at VIR at just shy of 140 miles an hour at Redline. Yeah, it was not good. The devil's fuel does still power me. <laughs> and, and, and the devil's fuel still powers that car too. It, it belongs to a GTM member to this day. That's I true. think it's it's on what? It's third, fourth motor, something like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, can only, I can only claim the first one. Matthew will get on my case. One of the members of the group will get on my case from time to time about uh, diesels. And I've had, we've had a diesel in the family since the mid 90s it's just another weird obsession i don't think i can i can ever not have one that being said uh jess was like get out of the house go figure something out i'm like all right all right if you say so so we went to the track blew the car up came home and i was like man this cannot get any worse right this this was a complete failure luckily matthew who i mentioned uh just a couple minutes ago he calls me and he goes uh i got a car for you with a weird pregnant pause. I'm like, hmm, what exactly are we talking about here? He goes, well, you're not going to like it. I'm not going to like it. Uh, well, it's a TT. And I'm like, <laughs> and the reason he said that is because he knows how much my father despised those cars, right? And he had all sorts of terrible names for them, which is also why we call it the terrible toad, which is the cleanest of the nicknames he would give those cars. I was like, you know what? The rebel is back. Dad hated them. I'm getting it. And I ended up picking it up for the mechanics lane. So it had a blown motor. It had been sitting in the corner of a shop, single owner. It, it had been there for like three or four years, not running. Uh, Matthew was gracious enough to tow it all the way up from VIR to my house. And then I started tearing it apart. We had that car track ready. I'm going to put air quotes around that in 65 days from when it got towed up here to putting it on its first track day. And I borrowed a lot of the parts in the Jetta and, and stuff like that. So that leads us to my first couple events. This was my now foray. I've got a dedicated car, it's stripped down. It's, it's this, it's that, I'm ready to go. And so I'm, I'm starting to meet people. And this is circa 2011. Well, before we get into what happens next, I've got to rewind a little bit and talk about my my progression a little bit too from when we, we kind of split. I went the drag racing way. You were still doing things and things were happening with your father. So I was still in the drag racing, did a little bit of uh, illegal street racing as well, which I'm not proud of. I do not recommend it to anybody, but it is a part of my past. So it is a part of, you know, kind of what makes me who I am. Fast forward from 2000. Three, I think is when I bought the Camaro about two years to 2005 ish. I totaled the car. I was driving on some back roads and a truck pulling a horse trailer made a left turn over a blind hill in front of me. And I rammed right into the back of the trailer. So if anybody wonders what my screen name that I use across all these different social platforms is Mr. Ed killed my Z Mr. Ed, the horse, because there was a horse trailer killed my Z 28. It's very sad. It was one of there my favorite cars. The origin story within the origin story. You like that? There you go. It's the origin inception story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, which level of hell are we on now? <laughs> I, I think we're level three now. <laughs> but from that point, I, I've had a, a 96 Cobra. I've bought a 2004 GTI VR6, which I wish I still had. It would have been a great track car. 
and various other cars and motorcycles. I think I've owned like 25, 26 different vehicles in my life. And we'll talk about that in another episode. That will be another episode. That that almost needs its own like series, its own mini series. <laughs> but anyway, from, from that point on, I, I did some drag racing. I got into off-roading with Jeeps and everything like that. Fast forward to about 2012-ish, I was working. I was going on a work trip to Omaha, Nebraska, and... I didn't know anything about Omaha, Nebraska, because who the hell goes to Nebraska? So I put it on Facebook, you know, because everybody posts everything they do in their world on Facebook. Now it's yeah. just boomers. <laughs> now it's just boomers, <laughs> which we, we act like boomers now. So yeah, yeah. that's why we still use Facebook. But anyway, so I didn't know what to do. I was going for an entire week in Omaha, Nebraska. I needed to find something to do other than go to this training class. So I put on Facebook, I'm going to Omaha. What is there to do? And then my good buddy, Eric posted well i'm gonna be there too so we um, we met up uh, i think we were yeah it was omaha so it's not too far from council bluffs i think you were staying that in council correct. Bluffs. that is correct and he we, said, we he said steak so he had my attention of, of course of course <laughs> uh sidebar omaha steaks if you get them in omaha overrated the steak place wasn't all that good yeah, that's very true <laughs> we can do better and we've done better <laughs> But anyway, it was then that he was telling me about the, the car stuff that he was into and all this, you know, all the fun things. I had been really missing a car. I mean, I had my Jeep. I was doing off-roading and stuff, which was fun, but I missed doing Jeep something. It was a manual, people. It was a manual. I'll give you that. Yeah, both of the Wranglers that I had, I had a, a TJ and a, a JK, and both of them were manuals. So they're fun in their own right. You know, I could get it to chirp tires in first and second gear, but I was looking to get back into cars, like doing something fast like autocross or whatever and so we started talking and we we ended the dinner we ended you know the trips or whatever and we kept in touch we ended up setting up a what car should i buy email thread <laughs> with a couple other people that eric knew which started if you're a member of the club or you, you know anything about us you know the what car should i buy topic is probably the most popular topic in gtm ever Everybody's asking, what car should I buy? What should I do? Should I get this? Should I do that? The answer is never HHR, by the way. Oh, just just, just going to say. Oh, there, is no, there is no blip shift t-shirt that says the answer no. is HHR. No. I don't, I don't care how fast your, your little milkman grocery getter can be made. It's still an HHR. But I digress. So, yeah, we set up this email thread. And then that was going for about a year or so. Fast forward to 2003. I finally bought buy a car. Or no, 2013. Excuse me. Fast, you, back to the future. We're going back to the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Next up, he's buying a DeLorean. <laughs> 88 miles an hour. Yep. So I bought this uh, this Volkswagen, and I started building it for track stuff. Thanks to my mechanic, is fantastic. You know, Mr. Monterstelli over there. Yep. And I ended up doing my first event with a bunch of other people that Eric knew from the, the tracking world. Uh, it was May, 2013, I think it was. It was with Porsche Club on Shenandoah Circuit. And Tanya was there. I know she was, she had just bought her Beetle, her first dedicated track car as well. Mm -hmm. um, so a bunch of newbies coming out and it was just an awesome time. And, you know, I'll let you take it uh, from there, but that's kind of, that brings us both up to this time frame where we're both tracking. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was still in that weird, uh, I was still in that weird phase of, 
is it a track car? Is it a street car? And, you know, Matthew continues to remind me, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. So the, the straw that broke the camel's back was the first pilgrimage to Mid-Ohio. And Jess, we were, we were, you know, packed the car loaded, couldn't see out the back, like all this stuff. And, you know, uh, Sparco bucket fixed back seats on coilover suspension. And we're trying to drive home, you know, eight hours from Mid-Ohio. And Jess is like, I don't know that my tailbone exists anymore. You know what I mean? And at that point I knew it was over. I was, I was dedicated and you know, we were going to go off the deep end, but that being said, I was still in this mode, right? Post my dad passing where it's like, I want to bring back that feeling of going to the track and being with my friends and all that kind of stuff that I grew up with. And the clubs back in the day were very different than they are now. Now they're, they're very coin operated. They're you're very much about, you know, the bottom dollar. Don't get me wrong. They provide a very professional and very legitimate service and, and everybody loves it. And that's good. We're, we're very different, right? Our idea is family. Our idea is getting together. It's prolonging the communication. It's not about just keeping up the Joneses. You know, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about fellowship uh, in, the, in a future episode, but there's a lot of that. It's more fraternal as one of our region chiefs in the Northeast, uh, Harry likes to say all the time, it's more like a fraternity, fraternity and sorority. We're co-ed here. Uh, <laughs> I just want to point that out. Uh, and many of our ladies, by the way, they are very fast. They're very talented. Uh, it, it, pleasure to meet all of them if, if any of our listeners get to come out uh, and do so. I wanted to relive the past because I saw that there was something missing, right? I saw that the family aspect was gone, the get-togethers, the communication, those monthly meetings, those board meetings, all those things I was involved in even as a kid, just they weren't available anymore. And so you and I got to talking about it. And I said, you know, we had the listserv going on, on Google, good old Google groups. It was like, why don't we just make a club. I already knew how to run a car club, at least from a digital perspective. And again, we're sitting there, oddly enough, and we're fretting over what to call it. And you and you just turn to me and go, why not Grand Touring Motorsports? Boom, done, right? So, <laughs> We've already got a name. <laughs> <laughs> and we had a logo and we had a lot of other stuff that we could leverage from my dad's company, which had been shut down. See, there was actually already brand recognition there, at least in the, in the local area. So that was good. And people are like, oh, that's, that's still a thing. Can I still order oil filters for my, <laughs> for my Cabrio or what? Uh, <laughs> But, you know, that being said, that took us to really late, like you said, it took us to late 2013. So like kind of the OG members, you know, me, you, Matt, Tanya, and so on, we're really all 2013 people. But we really, we say the first date is, you know, uh, 20, January of 2014. Our first actual member, non-core group, was like February of 14 is the first like application we ever got submitted in. Our first year, we grew pretty big. I mean, we had what, 15, 17 people, something like that within the first calendar year. And yep, then we just, yep. we just kept growing. We'll talk about where, where we're going uh, and where we are here in a minute. In addition to, you know, starting the club. Yeah. We were, I remember we were sitting in your living room uh, at, your, at your house and Jess was there as well. And we weren't just kicking around the idea of a car club. We were kicking around the ideas of you know, maybe we should open a shop. You know, we, we talked about getting like an L-shaped building where part of the shop was like a museum to the cars and everything like that. Part of it is, you know, people can come and work on their stuff. Somehow that morphed into let's start a car club because as you were, as it'll probably uh, mention later on here, people don't like going to the track by themselves. That was one of the big deterrents to me after my first time going in May uh, previous year is I went to, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I went with everybody else, but then I started thinking about 
well, if I'm going to go to these other events, how am I going to coordinate and make sure other people are there that I like? I don't want to go and sit there by myself. I did a couple autocrosses by myself. That's not really fun. That's when we started talking about really, let's, yes, let's make this, let's make this a big group. We can coordinate when everybody's going to the tracks, what everybody's doing, what everybody's doing outside of the track. Cause as you all who are members of GTM know, you know, it's not just, you know, track events. That's not, that's not what we're all about. It's, we go to car shows, we go to swap meets, we go to movies. I mean, we, we do all kinds of stuff. It's not just about the track and keeping in touch with these people. Yeah. They're your track friends, but they're also just friends. All right. So now that we've kind of completed the birth of GTM, I'm going to insert here. For those of you that have fast forwarded the last, I don't know, half hour or so, you're listening to GTM's podcast, Break Fix with Brad and Eric. <laughs> so now that we've kind of summarized the past, we're going to talk about where we are and where we're going. Um, we're going to do this maybe in a little bit of a question answer format and then talk again, talk about where we're going to go from there. So where are we going uh, right now? As Eric said before, when we first started, we were probably three or four members. We jumped in that first year to 15 to 20 over the last five years from there, because we're up, we're up to year six now. We've got 70 members, 70 members strong. We've got a social media presence um, that has been constantly growing thanks to our uh, our marketing genius over there in the uh, the other camera. Nice. Uh, and and we're we're slowly bringing on more and more people. And that's 70 members net. I mean, we've had more members than that. We've had some people leave on their own volition. We've had to, to boot a couple members for various things, um, which we're not going to get into. Don't ever ask us. And it's just, yeah, we're, we're trying to grow, but we don't want to get too big. We don't want to be uh, a corner cravers or, or whatever some of those other Clark clubs were um, that got too big for their britches and ended up dissolving for, for various reasons. We, we want to very much still keep the same kind of family feel that the friends, uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, friends are the family you choose. Uh, we still want to keep that kind of atmosphere, but we do want to grow. Um, we want to get a bigger presence, even larger than ours than we are now. Uh, on Instagram and social media. I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast here to to kind of give everybody some insight, give some give people a way to connect with us, not just at the track. I mean, this is another uh, another way that other people can can talk to us and and find out more about us. Uh, and so that's kind of where I see us going. I'm yeah. So I mean, I think we've done a really good job of over the years. Like we're we're unlike a lot of other organizations that just kind of do the same thing because that's what they've always done. I think we're always experimenting. We're always trying something new and we either, we either win it or we kill it. <laughs> and that's how it's kind of, that's how it goes. Right. But we're always looking forward. Uh, and as the Italians say, right, sempre avanti, which means always forward. We're always looking in that direction to try to improve. And sometimes, you know, we stumble, but we gotta. We always walk before we run, and so I think in this case, you know, you're talking about growth. We look at the numbers. We look at the trends. We've had people move away. That's another big thing. We have some members that tried to hang on, and they were living as far out as Hawaii, right? And and that's tough to do. But they want to stay plugged in. They want to know what's going on in the community. And the difference is, you know, for us, it's it's more grassroots, right? There is there are certain things like grassroots motorsports out there, but it's still very publicized. It's very marketing heavy. We, you know, we try to be advertisement free. We try to do a lot of other things to keep it, you know, homegrown like the clubs used to be in the old days. And, and by advertisement free, we don't mean that we're not like marketing and advertising ourselves. We mean that we're, we're not out there 
trying to get other clubs or businesses or stuff to advertise and kind of flood our membership. Cause we have an asset. Our, our members are our biggest asset. Not me, not Eric, not the cars. And it's, it's our membership. They're, they're the ones that make us who we are. And I mean, many people joke that we have the coaches union. We've got the North, the Northeastern uh, coaches union or instructor union uh, for the track days. We, we do market ourselves, but we don't sell advertising space within the club. That's true. And that being said, so talking about growth, we're set up for the future. We're broken into different regions. I mentioned that at the beginning. Uh, you and I started in the DMV. The DMV is home. We have a very large Northeast contingent, which is our, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, Philly northwards all the way up to Boston. And then we have our mountain region, which actually follows the, the Appalachian Trail there. And then we have our southern states, which is everything from, you know, Richmond to Texas, basically. <laughs> um, there is a fifth kind of hidden region in there which because we do have members you know as far out as Colorado and Michigan and family members you know stuff like that and so you know but everybody's connected I never feel like when I'm talking to somebody that's out in the middle of nowhere it's not like I didn't just see them the other day with that being said we're we're positioned to grow we're positioned to have the same size in every region if not larger in some respects and we we accredit that to our region chiefs and and they're fantastic people they devote a lot of their time to organizing the events that we put on you know being the sounding board for some of the crazy ideas that you and i have but you know a lot of them have taken over some of the special events that we have be it you know mountain region doing summer bash which is our big annual uh family reunion uh that we've been doing for six years now we've got things like the animal house of the north East region does as our season finale up at Watkins Glen and other events just like that. Now, when we talk about events for GTM, like what kind of events do we put on? We don't really put on competitive events, right? That's the big misnomer. We're not here to put on a track day or an autocross or whatever, but we are here to support. If you're, if you're one of those organizers out there listening, we are here to support you. And that's why Brad made that joke about the coaches union. It's very common for, for me or Brad to get a phone call to say hey i need like 10 guys because we're short on coaches uh how many do you think you can drum up all right let me make three phone calls and a couple messages over slack and we're good to go but outside of that we'll come and help out we'll promote the events we'll we'll do cross pollination we've done that with with hod or hooked on driving well we've done that with the corvette club various other organizations where we try to go in and support them be their staff you know help them as much as we can bring things support sponsor them dinners barbecues you know whatever it might be because again there's that void there's that piece that's missing where it's like we're putting on we're not putting on a big show but we're making it super inviting that people want to come party with us i mean that's why our pit race event is is a fun one right the the Paddock party at pit race. I got to say, it's really hard to say. Uh, so say that three times fast, but, uh, but that's a fun one, right? Like this year we did, we were going to do the volleyball tournament, you know, stuff like that. It keeps people around, but instead what we ended up doing was an intramural HOD versus uh, GTM karting event. This is, would be our second one. Now our third one actually got postponed. We got to schedule it again, but we do fun stuff like that. You know, those are our types of events, right? Going to pro races together, like Salins or flying out to go to the formula one race at Coda or the cannonball runs that the Southern States region organizes for us, right? We've done things like going to road Atlanta together. We've gone to NCM. We're, we were planning on going to Indianapolis, places like that. We've done mid Ohio and pit race back to back. You know, that was a long haul. We went to Barber last year. That was really big. That was, that was a bucket list for a lot of us. 
but uh, you know, stuff like that. So it's all about that group. It's all about inclusion. It's all about, you know, uh, doing that. And to that effect, one of our, our mountain region chief, he and I were talking about this yesterday. So this is Dan, mountain man, Dan, which many of you have either know, or will get to know very well in upcoming episodes. But he was telling me, you know, as a former vet and we do, it's kind of funny. We have an interesting demographic in the club. There are a lot of IT guys and there are a lot of DOD, you know, former military folks or the combination of the two. But one of the things that Dan said is the fellowship within GTM is huge. We're always looking out for each other. It's none of this like, you know, pissing contest, keeping up with the Joneses. You got that part. I got to have that part too. My car's got to be better. It's none of that kind of thing. It's very much more social. It's very much more family oriented. Like you said, he's one of the things he wanted me to point out, which is very important. And, and he'll talk about it more in a following, a follow-up episode. It's very, for him, it feels very much like the military. Now, and don't get me wrong. It's not the discipline and the order and we're making you do push-ups in the parking lot. What it is, is it's that sense of brotherhood and that sense of fraternity and that sense of family. And so, you know, transitioning out of the military, we have picked up a lot of folks and for them, they've said the same thing to us. You know, this is now kind of my new, my new platoon, my new, you know, my new group. And so that's, that's been really important for, for them. And, and I, I appreciate that. And we give back every year. We try to do some sort of charity event. We, we've done helmets off to heroes year after year. You know, that's, that's for wounded warriors and, and, and those types of things. And those are fantastic events and we love doing stuff like that. And in talking about the events that we do, uh, some of the, the services, uh, the, the philanthropic events that we hold, we've done a, a car care clinic for, for high schoolers. Um, we, many of our club members volunteered and came and taught, you know, some high schoolers, just general maintenance of their vehicle, what to look for. I mean, these kids are 16 years old, starting to drive for the first time. Uh, I'm sure Eric has probably been there. I've been there stuck on the side of the road at some point, not knowing what to do. Well, Eric probably knew what to do because he's been <laughs> he, he came. He came out with a with a ten millimeter wrench in his hand. I lost it though. It's in the woods at, Dan, at Dan's house. <laughs> Probably. That's. The, but yeah. So I I didn't know how to do any of that stuff when I was in that that age. So the the idea was to teach these kids, you know, how to change their oil, where where the oil goes into the motor, something as basic as that. There are so many people out there in the world driving around in these machines that they have no idea how to keep them running. Uh, that was one of the things that we did. We had a golf tournament and we donated all the funds from that um, to a charity that's very special to, uh, to people within our organization. Um, we, we're building a, a, a driver's university kind of thing for standardizing uh, coaching materials to bring up coaches from within our organization, growing our coaches union. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we've, been, we've been complimented many times, you know, we, we, you know, it's kind of funny, I guess I took the same approach that my dad did when I started to learn how to drive. He's like, just because you got your license doesn't mean you've passed my test. You know what I mean? And so you, we've been working on the whole education aspect of GTM since the very beginning. I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about this in another episode, but some of the guys that we've brought through, I mean, we've gotten compliments on how awesome they are. And they'll go through a certification school like SCCA, and they'll just blow through it with falling colors. Because it's like, we've we've thrown so many things at them you know over over the period of a season that they're like i'm ready for whatever you can whatever you can give me but you know that's just part of it right so education is big for me it's a soft spot for me i'm a student of history i i like doing the research and all that and diving deep into things but i also like sharing that knowledge uh, with other people not just our members but if you look at the numbers on our website we have recurring people coming back to read our articles and we're reviewing stuff that's not just about oh yeah the latest indie car race this happened and you know land 
Fernando ran into so-and-so and I racing and it was a big kerfuffle. Somebody's already covering that, right? So we're trying to cover other stuff that may not be as in plain sight. I got to give a big shout out to our writing team. We got eight of our members that write for us consistently and just the stuff they're putting out is really, really good. And it's, it's tough sometimes to come up with new and creative things. Yeah. And I was just going to to add on to that. Some of the articles that we've written, I mean, we've got articles about uh, what to expect at your first track, your, your first track day. And, you know, what didn't I know that I wish I knew then uh, we've got articles about track insurance, you know, a review on some of the track insurance companies out there. We've got some, some guys that are really heavy into nutrition and they wrote articles. It was a two part series on nutrition at the track and how to keep from getting that track hangover that we've all suffered from more times than we'd like to admit. So yeah, there, we've got different, different experience from within the club that lends itself to to giving the club a different perspective and a different voice. And, and so I want to, you know, and the listeners have been kind of putting up with us now for probably 40 minutes or so, but I got to say this, we use the word track a lot. Please don't take it the wrong way. Track is one of these like general words because so is motorsport, right? At least in our community. It, for us, when we say the track, we're talking an autocross track, a go-kart track, a drag race uh, track, right? Whatever it might be, motorsport is all-encompassing. It has different disciplines in it, be it rally, be it autocross, or you know, road racing, whatever it is, boating, airplanes, anything with a motor and a way to, to steer it is motorsport, right? As far as, as far as we're concerned. So when we use the word track, full disclaimer, that's a generalization. So that could apply to you as a drag racer. It could apply to you as a car Art racer, autocross, or whatever. So just, you know, we set that up in the beginning, but I want to remind everybody again that that's important to us, that we are inclusive of all disciplines. It's not just, you know, going around making a left turn. And it doesn't just mean four wheels either. It could be that's two true. wheels. It could be one wheel. Uh, it could be no wheels if you're in the boats and things three like that. Wheels. <laughs> if, three wheelers, you could have a trike or a three wheeler. Yeah. If it's got a motor, as he said, it doesn't matter how many wheels you've got. <laughs> we, we, we all want to hear about it. I mean, we've got people in the club that are even into RC racing. That's true. We've got people that, that race or used to race motorcycles out on the West Coast. I mean, it's endless, you know, the, the things that we are into in this club. On the road, off the road, on the water, doesn't matter. It's all the same. So with that being said, a couple other special things just to talk about just before we get into the future and where we're going. Special things about GTM. We do our annual awards night. Uh, it actually started as a, as a joke because of your birthday. We would do it at VIR in, the, in, in November. I hate to say while Audi Club was doing their awards banquet, we were doing ours. But, and then it's, it's become a long-standing tradition. Go ahead. Yeah, and a little bit of history on awards night. It started out as a joke, as Eric said, like the Dundies from The Office. 100%. Have you ever seen the show? And actually the very first award ever given is the, uh, the DE Champion of the Year Award, which went to our very own Eric Monterstein <laughs> right there. Yours truly, yeah. Yeah, and then the next It was year, rigged, people. The voting was rigged. <laughs> yes, the voting was rigged. There was one person voting, and he happened to be the one who bought the trophy. But <laughs> the next year was just as ridiculous. It was at Hooters, and they got they had me stand up and do the cluck-cluck dance with the Hooters girls that I will never forget or live down in the club. We picked up a new member that night who happens yeah. to be one of our region chiefs. So everything happens for a reason. But now awards night, like everything we do, it's full send and it gets more ridiculous every year. I mean, last if you guys uh, go back into the vault uh, or if you're, we'll talk about this at the end of the segment. Uh, if you're part of Patreon, you can get access to our uh, behind the scenes award night recordings and stuff like that. Last year was just absolutely bonkers. It was a lot. 
lot of fun. Uh, we did we did tease some of the things that are coming for the next couple of years uh, in that. So uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, awards night is a big deal. The other thing, you know, we we started out doing fantasy football stuff early on, family events like picnics and you know car shows and whatnot. But one of the other big ones for us was uh, virtual racing league, the VRL, which we'll probably talk about in in another episode. But VRL was really big for us. It was actually a very good recruitment tool. Granted, we're not doing iRacing. Nobody's buying $20,000 rigs. Don't get excited. We're just playing Forza. But we do have a fully automated computerized timing and scoring system. (laughs) So, you know, whatever. It is legit. I'm in it for the points. I don't know about you. There's some really good stories there, but we've picked up some members over the years through that system and we've kept them and they come back. Uh, we have the, the, the Forza Survivor Awards <laughs> <laughs> for people getting punished. But, you know, it's, it, that's, that's what it is in a nutshell, right? It's a lot of fun. It's bringing people in, showing the other side of what a car club can be. It's not getting together on a Saturday night behind the Dairy Queen and, and showing off all your chrome. Yeah, and that's why we do this at the end of the day. It's for fun. All of this is for fun. I mean, all the, yes, there's going to be some some gentle ribbing and, and, you know, talking trash and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's all about fun. If you're not having fun, then what, what's the point of doing it? And we all in GTM have fun. And we all love love going to the events and doing the, the, the different things that we do in the club. And even just us being the ones that put it on us and the crew chiefs and the different committees and stuff that we have, we do it because it's fun. Exactly. Or it's the constant source of caffeine and fuel provided by Monster, uh, Haribo gummy bears, and uh, Fig Newtons. Just, just yeah. like you know, that's typical GTM diet. <laughs> and, the, and the official drink of GTM used to be the White Russian, but now it's graduated to Jaeger and Monster. That's true. The Jaeger Monster is pretty nice. Thank you, Sam. Mm-hmm. We, I curse you. but no i mean again all all in good fun all in good spirits and what we're gonna do you know allow us to talk about the future so the podcast right we've been we have been talking about this for probably two years and we've we finally are now talking to you instead of talking to ourselves about it we have a lot of good material out there we have a lot of stuff that really gets left on the cutting room floor when it comes to our articles where we could really expand go dive deeper we've got some really passionate members that want to share their stories uh, with you just like we said in our our mission statement i've got some stuff i want to go deep in with we've got some really cool debates like what should i buy and things like that where we can it's going to be chaotic but it's going to be a lot of fun and we we hope that you're going to enjoy that too so that's the podcast side of things obviously we've been a, we've been blowing out Instagram. We've been trying to, you know, trend our own hashtags like GTM Spicy Italians and GTM Francais and a bunch of other ones that we have. And those have been really good for us. And we're trying to bring something unique, right? It's not the same picture of the, the orange Lamborghini that they had on Jalopnik that was on Car and Driver that was wherever. Yeah, you can only see so many pictures of a silver GTI with 666 all over it or a black TT before you unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I can post stuff from like 1957 that nobody's seen before, like uh, Renault Dolphin, and it's people. Mm-hmm. Go, what, what is that? And we get like you know 93,000 likes. But uh, <laughs> but that's the whole idea: something new, something different, something interesting, a breath of fresh air. The when we plan out our years, we usually start in the winter time, and we meet quarterly and, and go through all that kind of stuff. Not to give you all the dirty details there, but some events are very variable, and so summer bash is always bigger and badder and more chaotic, and it keeps getting bigger and more people keep coming out and we we tend to take over the track and it's it's a lot of fun and we do we've only done one summer bash outside of maybe this year thanks to covid that wasn't at a track 
And the reason we do it at a track is we don't have a problem with parking. There's plenty of spectator, you know, space, no admission fees. You can have a lot of fun. You can ride along with a lot of us that are coaches and go for a thrill ride. Uh, they do parade laps, all sorts of, you know, we try to get you excited about motorsport and that's an easy way for us to do it. And that, that event is a lot of fun and it is a very family friendly event. The Cannonball Run, like I said, this year, the, the top three were Indianapolis GP Circuit, uh, Club Motorsport, and we were going to try to go back to NCM. So we hadn't really decided yet and thanks to covid we still haven't made a decision so the cannonball run is still up for grabs uh the way we figure that out just so you guys know uh we're, we're super scientific about it we we basically draw a line from the washington monument 12 hours out and then take a protractor and just kind of go around in a circle and whatever track fits in that radius we, we try to go as far as we can there's been some talk about going to road america there's been some talk to really starting to stretch our legs because once you've done 700 miles What's another 150 at that point? It really doesn't matter. And that would really get us more connected, with, especially with our members up in Michigan and stuff like that, that are really big fans of that track. And I, it's a bucket list for me too. I want to do it. Now, granted, there's the crazy, we're going to put all the cars on a car trailer and go to Laguna Seca, but you know. My, my personal dream right there. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, Laguna Seca and to put all the cars on a boat and drive Brands Hatch. Yeah, 100%. Coda is still being talked about uh it's doable but <sighs> i need about 500 more horsepower to do coda <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's that's the big problem but it would be a lot of fun to say hey i drove that track there are some bucket list motorsports races to go to that we haven't seen that we'd want to do a bunch of us used to do f1 when it was in indy been to global rally cross i'm a big group b fan we can talk about that for a whole nother episode probably one of the few people at the wrc in this club obviously going to salem's last year was a blast you got behind the scenes we can talk about that another time but one of the big ones one of the big things that's coming the big cannonball 2023 Right. And I'm not trying to put this too far out into the universe. We're going to Le Mans. No, we're not campaigning our own car. <laughs> we're, we're, the plan is to go as a group. Right? What class would we even be in if we campaigned our own car? There, we, it, it would be a Le Mans like L. GT turd. <laughs> with, the, with the one six Viata going around. We're going to have the slowest lap on record at, at uh, Le Mans. Lots of bump drafting. A hundred percent. I was right on his tail. I could hear him. I was right on his tail. <laughs> but uh, that being said, uh, the plan is to go to Le Mans in 23. The reason 23 is special is it's the 100th anniversary of Le Mans, not necessarily the 100th running of Le Mans, but the 100th anniversary. So for, the, for, for a bunch of us, that's special. We've always wanted to do it. Every time we ask, where should we go? somebody stands up and goes, Le Mans! I mean, they've been saying it for six years, right? So we're going to do it. I don't know. The future is still unwritten. That's the best part, right? And we do it all just, it's like, send it. Let's go. Let's just, let's just go do it. So, so I'm going to throw this out then. What do our listeners want to do? What do they want to see in the future? You know, yeah. at the end of this, you're going to get our contact information if you don't already have it. Um, some of you, if you're members, you're in Slack and stuff. Let us know what you want. What do you want? Where do you want the club to go? Give us suggestions. What don't you like that we're doing? What do you like that we're doing? You know, what do you want to see from Grand Touring Motorsports? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we covered quite a bit in our first episode. This is pretty good. Hopefully yeah. we didn't put anybody to sleep. <laughs> if we did, you know, market that. It's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brad, any final, any final thoughts before we really wrap it up? Uh, no, I, I'm 
I'm happy to be doing this. I'm glad I've been talking about doing a podcast for a couple of years now. I'm glad I finally, we finally got off our butts and, and started doing it. I know it's, I know it's all been my fault, but you know, I've had some things going on that precluded me from being able to do it, but now here we are. Uh, so I, I'm excited and curious to see where it leads. Absolutely. All right, my friends. Well, I think that about wraps up episode number one. So with that, peace. <laughs> Peace. So there you have it. He broke it. I fixed it. Until next time, always remember, if you can take it apart without breaking it, you can surely fix it. From all of us at GTM, Merry Motoring. If you like what you heard and want to learn more about GTM, be sure to check us out at www.gtmotorsports.org. You can also find us on Instagram at Grand Touring Motorsports. Also, if you want to get involved or have suggestions for future shows, you can call or text us at 202-630-1770 or send us an email at crewchief at gtmotorsports.org. We'd love to hear from you. Hey listeners, Crew Chief Eric here. Do you like what you've seen, heard, and read from GTM? Great, so do we, and we have a lot of fun doing it. But please remember, we're fueled by volunteers and remain a no annual fee organization. But we still need help to keep the momentum going so that we can continue to record, write, edit, and broadcast all of your favorite content. So be sure to visit www.patreon.com forward slash GT Motorsports or visit our website and click in the top right corner on the support and donate to learn how you can help.